Welcome to the BodyWise podcast, focusing on the new Maudsley Carer skills with me, Harriet Parsons, psychotherapist and training and development manager with BodyWise, and Jenny Langley, author of Caring for a Loved One with an Eating Disorder, the new Maudsley skills-based training manual. Each episode in this podcast series will focus on one particular aspect of the new Maudsley Carer skills. We will explain the concept, talk through the ideas behind the skill, and learn how that particular skill can benefit carers. Welcome to episode 13. In this episode, we are continuing our exploration of thinking about change and motivating carers and people with an eating disorder to change. Today's episode will focus on the darn C skill and solution-focused questioning. Jenny, it's lovely to see you. Welcome. Hi there, Harriet. It's good to be here. So Jenny, before we hear what Darn C stands for, could you situate this part of the Maudsley Carer Skills for us? Yeah, so this is an extension of the readiness ruler that we looked at many podcasts ago, Harriet, if you remember now. Um, And this is an extension. And um, it's kind of exploring further motivation to change. So in terms of the workshops, this would generally come up when we're looking at carers making their own changes and their loved ones with their eating disorders making their own changes. So if you think about the cycle of change, for really to use this kind of, you know, exploration curious approach in terms of exploring that motivation, the person needs to be in preparation Mm -hmm. or maybe in action even. So if they're still in contemplation, this could be too much too soon. So we need to be a bit careful about rushing in too soon to explore. Now, if a carer thinks my loved one's in preparation, they're ready to explore something further and they're faced with a blank wall of silence or a violent outburst, then that probably means their loved one's not really really ready to explore this further. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. So when we think about the readiness ruler, that's that idea of um, my desire to change versus how confident I feel that I'm able to change. And so by extension, this skill is about trying to figure out the confidence bit. So what can maybe increase my confidence and my belief in myself that I can change something? So and that's why it's important to think about where the person is in the cycle of change, because if you do it before they're ready, it'll feel like too much pressure. And they might get defensive and push back against it. And that's what we're trying to avoid all the time. Is that exactly? Yeah, we need to be a little bit careful about that because, you know, I could maybe ask my son, you know, how much do you want to get back to playing football? Ten. Yeah. And then I might say, how confident are you at the moment? And he might say zero in terms of he he feels he's not going to be allowed. But actually, when we explore it further, that might help to re- increase his confidence. So we're, it's not if the confidence level is low, we're going to go, oh, it's too early. Mm-hmm. It's kind of reading the situation. It's like, well, maybe we could think about that a bit further. Or in that example with my son, I might say, hmm, OK, tell me more about your confidence level being zero at the moment. 
And then it's so interesting, Sam, because I would actually give you a higher level of confidence because this is what I've been observing. So do you see, it's a really lovely way to be keeping the lines of communication going, keeping that visualisation that Sam is going to get back to football at some stage in the future, even if his confidence is zero at the moment, maybe because the psychiatrist has said you're not allowed to go back to football yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 So can you explain to us then what Darn C stands for? Yeah, I guess people listening are going, I'm not another blinking acronym. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it stands for D is desire, A is ability, R is reason, N is need, and then C is commitment statement. Okay. So okay. desire, again, we can just go straight into the readiness ruler. How much do you want to do this on a scale of 0 to 10 or 0 to 100? How much do you want to do this thing? And then ability is confidence. So how on a scale of 0 to 10 or 0 to 100, how able or how confident do you feel that you're going to be able to do this? And that could be, so desire might be 8 to 10, confidence might be 0 to 10. We just, you know, it, could, it goes up and down, doesn't it, so quickly. Now, if we feel that our loved one is, is actually prepared to visualise the possibility, then we can go to the reason and the need. So reason is often what would be the benefits so it's not a need, in, so I'll explain that in a minute. So the reason would be maybe I feel that it would build my confidence confidence to start somewhere or I would feel more normal when I go back to school if I'm thinking about getting back to football. So, so it's benefits. It's like I might get this, I maybe will get this, but it's not like a medical need. So that's the difference between the reason and the need. The need is often something more urgent. So it might be I need to do this because I'm getting injured by doing too much running or I need to do this because the psychiatrist has said my hair's going to fall out or I need to do this because so not a medical one in this more of a social need I need to do this because I want to go to university next month and I'm not going to be able to join in with some anything if I'm still holding on to this eating disorder behavior so it's it's a more urgent kind of like medical or social need normally now there doesn't have to be a need there doesn't even have to be a reason, but it's just a way of being curious. It's quite respectful being thinking like, what would be the benefits? Are there reasons you should be doing this? Yeah. yeah? yeah. So there's a slight nuance. But again, it's like all of our techniques, Harriet. It doesn't have to be linear. You don't have to go D-R-A-R-N-C. Mm -hmm. so there might be a whole, you know, fluid conversation. We might be weaving in our other skills with affirmations, noticing emotions, all that sort of thing. And then we get to the end aim is to get a commitment statement mm -hmm. so having explored with my son his desire to get back to football once he's thought about it he started to visualize it he's thought about reasons and need then he'll say this is what I'm going to do so I'm going to go to football coaching on Tuesday the 24th of August with my mates yeah yeah. So, so there's yeah. a commitment. So it's a specific commitment. So we're getting into those kind of smart goals again, aren't we? So the overall big goal, I want to play football. The specific, measurable, achievable, realistic timeframe goal is I'm going to go to football coaching session with my mates on the 24th of August. Okay, so it's really being clear about what it is. It's not being kind of wishy-washy about, oh, I'm going to go back to it, you know, and, and there's no kind of definite time or... Yeah. Um, which makes it maybe a bit more overwhelming for the person, you know. If, it, if it's too big, if it's too much. Big. Yeah, yeah. And also, that you know, that fear that creeps in. Yes. That, you know, the false evidence appearing real type thought 
mechanism yeah. is, um, you know, well, if I don't think about it, or if I don't think specifically about it, then I don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. So my anxiety doesn't start to bubble up. Whereas if I'm thinking about a specific commitment, mm. then I am going to feel a wave of anxiety. And that's OK, because I've got people around me supporting me and helping me to really visualize how that's going to happen and prepare for these specific committed behavioral experiment I'm going to do. Again, it's it's an example of um, the importance of articulating something in words, because when you put it into words and articulate it in that way, it it gives it a boundary and it it puts a limit on the anxiety. So it's easier for it really them does. Yeah. to manage it then because they have they have said it in a statement. Yeah. I wonder um if you have an example for us from of course what I do. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. So um I thought I'd just run through the one that's actually in the training manual. Okay. It's such a common, you know, it's such a common situation. So imagine that um, that the patient is doing, so this could be my son as well. So he's, you know, he really struggled with compulsive exercise. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's doing 30, 40,000 step, steps a day. That's mm-hmm. not unusual, is it, with eating disorders? Okay. So his overall goal is to get his exercises levels maybe back to a more um, reasonable level. Mm-hmm. of with the a big goal would be get back to about 10,000 steps but then I can add in my football so it's going to be social you know fun activity rather than obsessive compulsive doing 30,000 steps on my own okay yeah. so in the example in the training manual I've got the conversation between the dad and a young lady called Jade so they've been looking at they've they've done the ABC and the five-step model of change in terms of what are the antecedents and the consequences of Jade's compulsive exercise at the moment mm-hmm. they've looked at a menu of options of course one option is I can carry on because I can think about change I don't have to change yet I can just think about the possibility in the future and the complete cold turkey option would be stop exercising altogether mm-hmm. and then there's all these different um menu of options so you know reduce by one minute a day cut out a gym session cut out a dog walk um or use some of these explore this further with my dad so in this case jade has decided to to talk through with her dad her dad's been to the workshops he decides to use this kind of dancey approach okay so so this would be the script the dad, Jade, you've chosen to see if you can reduce your total daily steps to a lower level on a scale of 0 to 10. How much do you want to change this behavior? Jade maybe says, I do want to get my quality of life back. And with my current exercise regime, I'm getting injured and my regime is so time consuming. So Jade's already already verbalizing yes. some reasons and need for change. Maybe I know you're worried about me as well. So maybe eight out of 10. Quite confident. And dad could give then affirmations reflections so you can still stick with that kind of guidance of giving affirmations and reflections every time you've asked a question yes so that's you know that's quite important we don't want to bombard our young people with lists and lists of questions do we no so carers by the time we reach this in the you know in the workshops have got quite used to automatically going affirmation reflection affirmation reflection developing discrepancy amplifying ambivalence rolling with resistance all of those techniques we've talked about yeah Yeah. so that's desire ability so having given an affirmation thank you for explaining more about that jade so ability on a scale of 0 to 10 then how confident are you that you'll be able to change this behavior and reduce your daily steps Mm. so jade starts to think more about the reasons for change then 
I would like to have more time to do pleasurable and relaxing activities with the family. I might need some help, though, because I've become so used to doing 35,000 steps a day. So maybe my confidence is four out of 10 at the moment, but maybe a bit higher if you can help me, Dad. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine this conversation going on. So then we could go to reason. So Dad might say, you've chosen to reduce your exercise levels. Tell me more about the reasons why this one is important for you to challenge, maybe than compared to the other behaviours on your spider diagram or your list. So in this case, Jade might say, well, the other ones seem too hard at the moment. So she's not motivated to change the other ones. I think if I start with this one and it goes reasonably well, then I would be more confident to start trying to challenge some of the others, or I might be more confident. So those are the words that tend to come out. Um, in the reasons and then for example I can see that my friends are making all sorts of plans to go on holiday next summer and many of my rigid rules will stop me from being able to join in Mm -hmm. yeah so that's a really good reason isn't it really good again dads can give lots of affirmations and reflections and all of that okay so dad might say Jade it's so wonderful to hear you talking about your future plans you're right to take one step at a time I'm so proud of you I'm here to help you know all of that kind of like unconditional love Gentle nudging. So we're doing the same two things here, aren't we? Unconditional love of St. Bernard, gentle nudging by talking through the dancey approach. Okay, so need. So Dad says, it sounds like you're feeling you should be starting to challenge some of your behaviours. Um, and then Jade might say, yeah, in terms of reducing exercise, I know I need to or I should really work on this because my joints are really sore I'm exhausted and taking ibuprofen every day and that's making my stomach sore. So there's a real clear medical need here. Mm. So she's already verbalized a social need and now she's really pinpointing down that there's a medical need as well. Mm. So think about it. How much more motivated would she be feeling at this moment to go through with this? Mm. Much more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she would. Yeah. 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 And she'd feel supported and that this is possible. So all the time using these techniques, we're increasing her confidence that this is a really possible thing that she can actually do. So then in terms of commitment, so let's go back to our one minute a day story because that's so powerful. So Jade might say, so you know, Dad might say, so what specifically do you think would be a good first step? So I like that story. You told me about the lady who reduced her running by one minute a day. As an experiment, I'm going to try to reduce my daily run by one minute on Sundays for the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. So there we have it. Yeah. We have a behavioral experiment. Yeah, we do. Jenny, can I ask you something about that? So I suppose while I'm listening to you say it, what I'm imagining in my head is that at some point in that conversation, Jade is going to panic that that her eating disorder voice at some stage is going to flare up and say no 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 if you do that you're going to feel awful everything's going to be ruined you know that's going to really challenge her within that conversation with her dad um in that situation you know where it might not where where something might there might be a spanner in the works coming from that panic um what is the most important thing in that that she's able to verbalize that and articulate that to her dad as they're working through that? So there's two things here. Okay. So one is one is dad is going to be looking for signs that yeah. the eating sort of voice is biting back because yeah. dad knows that that's quite likely to happen at some point yeah. with this. It's like when we talked about the decisional balance. Yeah. Jade might go through the whole decisional balance about reducing her exercise and then say, I'm not ready. Yeah. I can't do this. I'm a stupid, useless failure. So 
think about our toolbox. So what dad's got is he knows about rolling with resistance. Yes. So at any stage, he can say, I can see that this is getting a bit much. I can see the anxiety wave is rising. Why don't we take a break? I need a bit of a break. Let's come back to this later. Yes. And of course, he can use his lovely ALS technique. Yeah. So, you know, so Jade, I can see that you've gone red in your face or you're getting a bit shaky. I'm guessing that your anxiety levels are through the roof right now. Your anxiety levels are through the roof because mm-hmm. your eating disorder voice is, is, is rearing up. This seems like too big a challenge at the moment. And then soothe with, you know, we love you, Jade. We really believe that you, you're going to get through this. We know you can do it. We just need to take it, take our time with this. And then when Jade's anxieties come back down, dad can revisit it and say, so Jade, would you like to go back to that kind of like thinking about this experiment or would you like a bit more space? So that's how the dad can really pace with Jade. And that's a lovely opportunity for him to um, to be by Jade's side while she tolerates managing that panic. That, that, that distress. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the ALS technique is really lovely for that, isn't it? Because it's, it's not brilliant. trying to take it away. It's just trying to, to name it, to articulate it again, to put a word on it and say it so that it's not overwhelming Jade in her head. And it's okay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And it's not surprising. You yeah. know, of course, your eating disorder voice is going to flare up. Of course, it's going to fight back. We know that, Jade. And then, of course, Dad has an opportunity to give Jade a shower of affirmations. Mm-hmm. So thank you for telling me that, that, that you're feeling that anxiety. You know, thank you for trusting me to mm-hmm. talk about these difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, affirmations of how far she's come already. Mm-hmm. So you know, affirmations in that soothing thing, of, of that soothing part of ALS is, is so valuable. Yeah, 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 it's lovely. Okay, so so now let's just think about solution-focused questions, which is a, an extension of this again. So could you explain to us what these are and how they're helpful in these situations? Yeah, so solution-focused questioning is used, I mean, in the world of psychology all the time, isn't it? So again, it's a way of helping somebody to visualize what they're gonna do. It's a really good way to plan. It means that, you know, you're really thinking through what might catch me out, what might stand in the way, what will I do if things don't go quite according to plan? So it's that pathway, it's really, really visualizing. So dance C can then, then, so imagine with dance C, you've got a specific task, or behavioural experiment that you're going to do. And then solution-focused questioning can really, really help the person who's thinking about the change to think about the different steps that are going to be involved with this. And it's like contingency planning in in effect, because you're really thinking about, okay, so what could stand in your way? What might go wrong? And of course, we've kind of looked at this a little bit with the decisional balance, haven't we? Where we've looked at the pros and cons for change and then that really, really important question. So having weighed this up, Jade, what might stand in your way of making further progress? So this is kind of an extension, if you like, of that decisional balance. Yes. Yeah. And in the manual, there are lots of examples of great solution focused questions. So um, if anyone wants to have a look at what they are on your website, you have you have them there to see as well. Yeah, Um, there's there's that lovely example of, of me going back to yoga and not quite preparing dad that he needs to stand, you know, that he needs to be there for my son, isn't there? So so it didn't quite go according to plan. And then we could just revisit it and start again. Absolutely. 
so both then the darn C structure works well with solution focused questions. They allow for lots of opportunity to collaborate with the person. So that's that idea of coming alongside them, obviously using their oars to come alongside them course, and yeah. sprinkle lots of affirmations on them. It feels a lot less threatening than the, you know, come on, you've really got to change something. You know, this can't go on the way it is idea that you know we we fall into so often and it's really focusing on building up the person's blue balloon isn't it absolutely Um, yeah so you're visualizing that pathway back to normal life yes yes that's a lovely way of thinking about it so if nothing else then it's an opportunity to both understand your loved one's eating disorder better and then role model for them or with them um, change thinking. Would you agree with that? I'd absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Visualize, verbalize, much more likely to happen. Yeah. Okay. So what then do you see are kind of common pitfalls that might happen? So generally it's if the person using this kind of like curious, curious approach, so whether it's a carer or a therapist or a, an occupational therapist in, in a clinic yeah. is, is going in with welly boots. So going in too quickly, too soon. So it's always having in your mind, if you're using this kind of curious approach, it's not a list of questions per se. It's a framework to enable you to help the the patient or the person to visualize what might be their pathway back to whatever they're trying to achieve. You could, in theory, become a bit of a caring rhino if you just suddenly started to go through that list of questions without affirmations, reflections, developing discrepancy, pacing, taking a break when you need to, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's that idea of just taking something and running with it without actually thinking about, well, what suits where my person is at at the moment. Okay. And what kind of feedback do you get from carers who have, you know, who have managed to try this out or who have managed to um, even achieve change through this process? They just, generally, they just say this is it's, it's just such a useful pathway. It, it helps us mm-hmm. to feel that there's so much we can do to support our loved ones. We've learned how to, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of all the language and the skills. We've learned to have the patience for the saint, mm-hmm. so we can we can pace with our loved one. Do you want to give me? Do you want me to give a quick example of um, yeah. how that solution focused questioning could work? Yeah. yeah. With so so let's think again about this kind of concept of one minute a day changes. Yeah. And again, you've all familiar now with my lovely story about the lady that started with let's have dinner one minute earlier. Okay, And then it went on to reducing exercise by one minute a day. Okay, so as an example, a framework might look like this. So let's say it's the husband and wife now Mm -hmm. talking about the the wife said, I I really, you know, I I agree we need to be having dinner earlier. So they've done a dance about having dinner earlier. So I, I agree. Yeah, I'm, my, my commitment is maybe we can can start with one minute a day. So then they, maybe they have a break and then the, the husband or partner comes back later and says, OK, so let's just revisit this. So what specifically would you like to be different? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to have dinner earlier. I'd like starting with one minute a day, which seems so tiny, doesn't it? But it's a bit like man stepping on the moon. You know, it's a, it's, it's a huge thing to change from having dinner at 10 o'clock every night. Mm-hmm. OK. So what specifically could you do to get started? Well, maybe we could start it tomorrow. Yeah. So, okay, if the first step's successful, then what? Well, maybe the next day we could do it again, have dinner another minute earlier. So now we've got two minutes. 
Okay, who else could you ask for support and assistance? Well, obviously you, my darling husband, or maybe my mum. Mm. Yeah. So what could you ask them for? So you see, we're really getting into the nitty gritty here. Well, so to, to maybe be home on time, because it's not always like, it's not always my fault we don't have dinner till 10 o'clock at night and to support me if I'm struggling. So this young person or this lady is, is clearly thinking, so what would happen if things start to go a little bit astray? So what would be fine if things are going well? Well, we managed to have dinner one minute earlier every day for a week. Mm -hmm. yeah. How would you know if you're going off track? Well, maybe if we go more than a few days not making progress. So now we're helping her to start to think it's not going to work every day, is it? That's not realistic. Yeah. So we yeah. go back to our smart planning. So we don't want to be unrealistic. So what obstacles do you foresee? Well, maybe it will be something outside our control. So maybe, you know, my bus is late or there's too much traffic or there's a meeting at work. Or it might be because I'm really anxious that day and my eating sort of voice is going crazy, as you alluded to earlier, Harriet. Yeah. So how would you address these obstacles? Well, the best way is to talk about it, isn't it? So I could talk about it with you, my darling husband, or with my mum. OK, what would you do if you got off track? So maybe you did go a few days where you didn't have dinner one minute earlier. Mm -hmm. OK, so I've, I've learned this, that I need to take a breath and then start again when I feel ready. OK, so, so this is before this experiment's even ex begun. You could be helping yeah. this lady yeah. to visualise and then. Once the experiment is going, maybe they, they have had a hiccup and they've gone four days without having dinner one minute earlier. So then you can slightly change the solution focus questioning. So so let's have a think. What specifically got in the way? OK, so the main thing that got in the way was we had a big argument about my exercise level. So she's able to verbalise that because she really feels supported that her husband's by her side. Or maybe she talks to her mum. Yeah, we had this really big argument and it just put me off track completely do you want to try this experiment again that's not really an open question is it but but that's okay because we're further around the cycle of change um yeah I think so but obviously if she says no then the husband can roll with that and say okay that's fine let's come back to this another time mm. um if yes how specifically can we adapt the experiment or how could you adapt the experiment so um, maybe the, the logic there would be, well, maybe plan ahead to see if there might be anything obvious that might get in the way. So we know we're starting to think, you know, tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, are there specific things that definitely could get in the way of this experiment? Mm -hmm. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. So we can pre-visualise those. Yeah. So, yeah. And then if she doesn't want to try that experiment yet, then her husband might say, so is there anything else you'd like to try? Shall we go back to our spider diagram? of the behaviors that you're thinking yeah. about making changes to yeah yeah so i mean i know that there is that commitment there but a lot of that that those solution focused questions are about just imagining and being able to, to verbalize it as you say and think it through which makes it more likely to happen but there is still always the option at the end to say actually i don't feel ready for it right now and that's exactly okay. and that's okay because okay, always you know, okay yeah I know that some families so say for example you know mum has been to the workshops and dad is a bit resistant I know I know plenty of mums that have used this with their husbands for dancing and solution focused questioning to get their husband to think about coming to the workshops okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and did the husbands realize oh no they just thought that they'd made their own decision to come to the workshops of course <laughs> 
That's great. So is there anything else that you'd like to say, Jenny? No, I just I just that, you know, imagine if we can visualize, I'm a very visual person, but if we're visualizing that little child's diagram of the house with the four windows and the door and the little chimney and that little windy path and the gate at the bottom, these are all tools that are going to help the person who's thinking about making a change, whether it's the carer or the person with the eating disorder, it helps them to even look over the gate to imagine what that pathway is going to look like. And that's why it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Great. So finally, where can people go to find out more? So that, as you say, there's several examples weaved through the training manual. There's there's a video definitely on Darn C. I'm not sure I've made a video on solution-focused questioning yet. It's on my to-do list. But there's a video on Darn C on my website, which I think is a conversation between a husband and wife about the husband going to workshops. And um, of course, you know, um, yeah, I guess the training manual and the website are the main places. Fantastic. So there you have it. We hope that this episode is helpful for you and encourages you to try out this approach if you're planning to help your loved one make a change or if you're thinking about making a change yourself. Remember, an important part of the new Maudsley Carer Skills is being able to role model behaviour and behaviour change for your loved one. If you have any questions, please email them to info at bodywise.ie, putting new Maudsley Carer Skills podcast in the subject line. If we get any questions, we will endeavour to answer them in future podcasts. And we hope you'll join us for our next episode where we're going to focus on the last section of the Thinking About Change um, module focusing on the anxiety hierarchy and smart goals. Until then, take care.